0: We'd like to welcome you back to our fourth and final part of our current event and weekly Bible study for February 12, 2012. I'm going to try to get through the rest of this. I've uh, got quite a long ways to go, though, so uh, try to get through here. Uh, again, titled Christian Church with its own tattoo parlor and wrestling arena, Crucifixes, lines of scripture, and other religious iconography have long been subjects for tattoo artists, but now the faithful, looking to get inked, meaning tattooed, can do so with a side of sermon. Now this is from a secular site, you know. Uh, But the Bridge Church in Flint, Michigan, has opened a tattoo parlor inside its doors. Part of its mission is to offer a non-conventional approach to worship for community members. Reverend Steve Brantley, and again I've done a whole teaching on how reverend is a totally unbiblical term to apply to a human it's only used one time in the Bible. And it's about God, the Father. And it says, holy and reverend is he. And again, just key in reverend in the search box at contendingfortruth.com. It's only like a 20-minute teaching. Anyway, Reverend Steve Bentley found the Bridge Church. It's just called the Bridge, of course. That's got to have some real quippy, cutesy name. Um, in 2008, for people who have never felt comfortable at a traditional house of worship... Um, The Flint Journal uh, reports, the newspaper, in addition to the tattoo parlor, the church offers a space for Alcoholics Anonymous and Narcotics Anonymous meetings, as well as wrestling and auto repair. I mean, hey, you can get it all. It's like a Walmart Supercenter church. You know, you can get your car fixed. You can go wrestle a little bit. They're also going to bring in MMA, I heard, mixed martial arts, really get the blood sport going. And, you know, I don't know. (sighs) I don't know. I mean, what else could they? What else could they do? Maybe they could have like a crematorium uh, as well. I mean, you know, I don't know something else that they could throw in there. Uh, so anyway, uh, Bentley told the journal the bridge aims to reach people who might otherwise see religion as irrelevant, as well as respect aspects of culture and usually, uh, which are usually associated with church going, and then he. Um, He says, you can get a tattoo in a clean environment. Yeah, right, yeah. You can do it while still sticking to your moral code, end of quote. Well, I'm so glad that Satan has just given me the parameters on what I can get away with in church. Because Satan is just talking through that guy. You know, that's basically like Satan telling you that. So I, I'm so glad I can get a tattoo now and while, while I still stick to my moral my moral code and parameters, you know. So let's just go ahead and, and listen to this little video um, that, it's just, it's not very long, but I'm going to go ahead and load this now regarding the church. This is from CNN. Flinttown Michigan Church holds the occasional wrestling match in its own tattoo parlor. Okay, here it comes.
1: It's a a rarity. It's um, something that I've never heard of, ever. Brian Brown is the manager of Serenity Tattoo Studio in Flint Township. He never imagined he'd work at a tattoo shop in, of all places... A church. Tracy Seaback can't imagine going anywhere else to get her tattoo. It feels good to, me to be able to come in here and, you know, know that it's a nice, safe environment. Being
0: home to a... So, she's going to go into a safe environment to get all tattooed up. She's getting this gigantic, nasty black hand on her right shoulder in this church from this totally tattooed tattoo artist. And, I mean, it's just... It's just maddening to watch this
1: stuff. The tattoo studio isn't the only unique thing about this church. They also host MWO wrestling events, and later on this year, they plan to bring in cage fighting. I can't think of any negative comments I've gotten from people who brought their kids and watched it. And The most negative comments is, "Ah, that's boring, I don't want to watch it. In case you're wondering, Bentley tells me only family-friendly events will be held at his House of Righteousness.
0: So his house of righteousness. He's got wrestling events. He's got mixed martial art. They're going to become and cage fighting. I mean, it's it's the house of righteousness, and these are all family friendly friendly blood sport events. You know I me? Mean, come on now. So, may, oh, is he going to bring in family friendly prostitution as well, or maybe family friendly p- pornography? I mean, they have a pornography night. Family f- friendly. I've heard there is such a thing as Christian pornography. Did you know that? Yeah, they've they've actually got a thing in the in the porn industry for Christian pornography. I'm not making this stuff up. So again, it's just amazing what what these devils will justify doing, all in the name of appeasing humanity and making sure that they don't step on any toes and being what they call seeker friendly.
1: Goes for the tattoo studio. Where the only images you'll find here are positive ones. Bentley knows. Oh, good. And,
0: and they show the pictures of Sanand Emmanuel or Master Jesus. The ascended Master Jesus, the, the pictures that we got from Michelangelo from, from the Catholic Church. And it's the same ascended master that's, that says he's going to be coming back when the end times come with the Antichrist and the false prophet. Yeah, it's the same one. It looks nothing like guaranteed the Jesus of the Bible looked, where it said that there was no beauty in him that we would behold him. No, it's the Adonis-looking Master Jesus. And you could get one of those tattoos on you as well. So, hey, you'd have an ascended master on you. I mean, you know.
1: Important, that is, recalling the first time he went to a tattoo parlor with his son. There was so much stuff on the wall of nude, uh, just basically pornographic pictures and stuff. I didn't realize that was all on the walls, and that's why my son was so uncomfortable, and I... No, I felt bad. I took him into this place. <laughs> so
0: so this this pastor takes his son into a tattoo parlor. I mean, it's just you, the, the, the madness of it all. And he felt bad because of all the pornographic images. What were you doing bringing your son into a tattoo parlor in the first place? So he wanted to have a Christian seeker-friendly Tattoo parlor, and and, and this is his his remedy for that whole situation. Though
1: most people don't associate a tattoo shop with church, Brown believes tats have their place in any house. And now
0: they're showing one of these Christian images. You know what it is. It is a cross with the all-knowing eye of Lucifer or Horus in the center of the cross. These are the only, they only can tattoo Christian images now. So you got a cross and the all-knowing eye of Lucifer in the middle of the cross. I mean, it's about as creepy of a thing as I've ever seen. But, you know, that's okay as long as it's Christian, right?
1: It's a worship. Jesus loves you no matter what you are or who you are where you come from or what um, what you're into as long as it's not uh, hurting other people.
0: So he loves whatever you're into as long as it's not hurting other people. So I can go and I can eject heroin, and Jesus loves that because I'm not hurting anyone else. Or, okay, what are some other great examples? I can go drink myself into oblivion, and I'm just hurting myself. I'm not hurting anyone else. So Jesus loves that, or whatever I'm into. Or I can go and, I don't know, just go out and and, and do whatever I want to do as long as I'm not hurting anyone else. And I really want to see book, chapter, and verse on that one. We're supposed to abstain from all appearance of evil, the Bible says. And this church is doing everything it can to not abstain from all appearance of evil. But again, churches like this don't even consider the Bible in any of the things that they pretty much do anyway. So that was it. That was the end of the story there. Um, so, let's go back to the main article here. Uh, let me see something here. Let me just pause that. And we played that. Now, let's just go over some Bible verses relating to this subject. First Thessalonians four seven. Okay, so this would be like my uh, response from a biblical standpoint to what we just heard and saw. Uh, For God hath not called us unto uncleanness, but unto holiness. And it's almost like I see these people with these, I mean, this woman was giving this gigantic black hand on her right shoulder. And I guess that's Christian. I, I mean, of course it's Christian. I mean, what was I thinking? And I'm thinking, well, it all looks so unclean. It's like things you can never wash off your body. That's what it looks like. And when I see somebody with tattoos all over them, I think, man, you look dirty. You look unclean. I mean, that's just my impression, okay? But see, God has not called us to uncleanness, but unto holiness. Tattoos are not holy. We're not supposed to mark our bodies. And I've done a four-part teaching on tattoos, okay? It's called Tattoos, Body Modification, and Piercing Exposed. And it's a four-part teaching. I give it to you right here. It's on page 16 of the PDF for uh, February 13, 2012. It's It's evil. Okay, so going further, 2 Corinthians 7, 1, having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. See, the fear of God brings holiness. See, these people have no fear of God whatsoever, so they have no holiness whatsoever. Now, does that mean I think that I'm better and I'm so holy and I'm so perfect? No, but I'm telling you, the fear of God brings about holiness. It also is the beginning of wisdom, understanding, knowledge, the angel of the Lord encampeth around about them that fear him. Fear of God has all these blessings connected with it. And it also perfects holiness. And we're supposed to cleanse ourselves from all filthiness filthiness of the flesh in the spirit. And uh, that's primarily accomplished, at least in part, through the fear of God. Um, but fear of God's not something you ever hear a church like that preach on. To them, God's just the heavenly bellhop, the big guy in the sky, the man upstairs, and whatever we want to do is okay with him as long as we're not, quote, hurting anyone. You don't think you're hurting someone when you bring them into your apostate, devil, lukewarm church and you give them a false, apostate, lukewarm, Laodicean gospel and then they end up going into hell because of you? You think you're not hurting them from that? You are damning their soul to hell with your false gospel. You couldn't hurt them any more than that. But no, they don't want to hear that. Hey man, why don't you just back off? I mean, come on, lighten up a little bit. <laughs> it's probably what they'd say to me. Romans 6.19 I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. For as ye have yielded your members servants to uncleanness and to iniquity unto iniquity, even so now yield your members servants to righteousness unto holiness. See, before we were saved, we we were yielding our body essentially to uncleanness and to iniquity or sin. Okay? But now... We're supposed to yield our body, servants, to righteousness, to doing things that are righteous and unto holiness. That's what we're supposed to be doing, but it's rarely ever taught on or preached on in the modern day uh, church. And then the next verse, for when ye were servants of sin, ye were free from righteousness. When you're in sin, righteousness didn't have a whole lot to do with your life, essentially. Okay. What fruit had ye then in those things whereof you are now ashamed? See, we should be, if we had been saved before, or let's say we got tattoos, or whatever. I, I've never got one. Um, not to say I never contemplated it, because I did. Um, but, okay, tattoos tattoo's a great example. You got a tattoo, you get saved. You still got the tattoo. Well, those things that we'd done before, and now we are ashamed. We would be ashamed, normally, the normal Christian would be ashamed of their tattoo okay no 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 they're not ashamed they're promoting it they're still doing it and um, then it goes on to say for the end of those things is death the things that we did before that we were ashamed of that were sinful the end of those things are death for the wages of sin is death skipping to verse 23 for the wages of sin is death but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord And then the last verse second Corinthians 6:17 says, wherefore, come out from among them, and be separate, saith the Lord. We're supposed to come out from among the world. We're supposed to come out from from unbelievers, is what this verse talks about in verse 14. We're to come out from among them, and be separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. No, the modern day church, though, is is embracing the unclean thing. They're, They're justifying it. They're embracing it. They're glorifying it. They're extolling it. They're telling of its virtues. It's insanity. And, again, I give you the four-part teaching on that I did on this particular subject. Now, the 50 top organizations, this is according to Lighthouse Trails Research, the 50 top organizations with a significant role in bringing contemplative spirituality to the church. Now, they've got links to most of these organizations that I'm talking about. A lot of them I'm not even familiar with, but... I figured it's one of those Satan's devices that they kind of gave a a synopsis of these organizations, and there are links to most of them that you can click on, and you can also search their website. They've done probably more research on the Emerging Church on Contemplative Christianity than any other site I know of. So, um, from... From the 10 years of research at Lighthouse Trails Research Project, we have found the following 50 organizations to have had a significant role in bringing contemplative spirituality into the evangelical-slash-Protestant church. Okay, I'm not wild about those terms, but that's what they used. If you do not know or understand the implications of this, we urge you to educate yourself as soon as possible. Note, we have not listed any colleges or seminaries in this list. To see our list of contemplative promoting schools, click here. They give you a link there, and the list is in conjunction with our recent list of Christian leaders, uh, the hundred top contemplative proponents of evangelical Christians turned to today. Now, again, Lighthouse Trails have no concept of the five hundred one c three church being wicked, or all the other thing, a lot of the other things I get into, but they're very good at exposing this one thing. Uh, so I'm just going to list off all fifty of these. Of these organizations that are the again the um, top organizations with a significant role in bringing out contemplative, the emerging church spirituality um, into Christian dome or whatever. Uh, number one, and most of these have links going to them. I believe on Lighthouse Trails, so so you ha- would have an uh, an idea of of why they're saying this. Number one, Acts 29 Network. Number two, American Association of Christian Counselors. Now, I'm just going to say these and go on for the most part, okay? You can, you can research this on your own. There's just no way I can go into all of these. Um, the American Bible Society. Four, the Association for Biblical Higher Learning. Five, Association of Theological Schools. Six, Baker Books or Emerson. Seven, Bible.org. Eight, Boundless Webzine. Uh nine, Breakforth from Canada. Ten, Center for Action and Contemplation. <laughs> that doesn't sound too new age. Eleven. Christian Classics Ethereal Library. Again, that doesn't sound too new age ethereal. Number 12. The Christian Missionary Alliance. 13. Christianity Today. Which should be, you know, Catholic Church Today or Emerging Church Today. They're just evil. 14. Emergent Villaging. Emergent Village. Fifteen, Evangelical Luther Church of America. Sixteen, Focus on the Family. Yeah, with good old Dobson and all them. Yeah, they're. Tch, I could do a multi-part study on them. Seventeen, Group Magazine. Eighteen, Henry Nowen Society. Nineteen, IHOP. This is the International House of Pancakes. This is International House of Prayer. Isn't that funny and cutesy how they copied that IHOP thing? IHOP of Kansas City, those guys are evil and dangerous. Twenty. Intervarsity Press, 21. Kara School of Spiritual Formation, 22. Conversations Journal, 23. Leadership Network, 24. Lifeway Resources, 25. Mennonite Brethren. I mean the Mennonites. Okay, these are not true Christians. The Mennonites, the Amish, the you know, that those people that do they're not. That's a false gospel, just so you know, those are cults okay, Uh, cults that might call themselves Christian, they're works-based cults, okay, Um, 26, Mennonite Church of USA, 27, Metamorphia, 28, National Worship Conference, 29, Nav Press, 30, New Church Specialties, 31, Presbyterian Church USA, 32, Relevant Magazine, 33, Renovare, 34, Robert E. Weber Institute for Spiritual Studies. 35, good old Saddleback Church, Rick Warren. Now, I've done a ton of teachings on him. Just keying Rick or Warren in the keyword search box. And um, actually, I'll give you one of the teachings here at the bottom. I'll, I'll tell you that in a second. Uh, 36, Sojourners. 37, Spiritual Directors International. 38, Teen Mania. Now, that sounds Christian. Teen Mania? Come on. Anyway, 39, the Church of Nazarene. This is my favorite. Number 40, The Ooze. The Ooze. It sounds like some game that would come out right before like Christmas and some slime you throw on your buddy or something. It's real gross. It has like an eyeball in it or something. And it simulated. It's called The Ooze. What's not Christian about that title? And there's a link to The Ooze, whatever it is. And then the Purpose Driven Movement, again, Rick Warren, the devil boy, the CFR, Council Foreign Relations member, actively trying to yoke us up with the Muslims and bring in the One World Church. Uh, 42, The Upper Room. 43, Thomas Nelson Publishers, the ones that publish a ton of the Bibles out there. Uh, 44, Transforming Center. 45, Wesleyan Church. 46, Willow Creek Association. I'm sure that's Willow Creek Church. Uh, 47 Worship Leader Magazine, 48 Youth Ministry and Spiritual Project, 49 Youth Specialties, 50 Zondervan. Now, I've done a couple teachings where I talk about Zondervan. One of them, I give you the links to both, one of them is entitled the NIV, uh, the Satanic Bible, and Homosexual Translators. Okay, The NIV have Homosexual Translators on the Translation Committee. Virginia Mollencott was one of them, and she's a lesbian earth goddess, mother Gaia, whatever you want to call her. You know, that's definitely the type of people I want having their their hoof prints all over the Bible I'm reading. Anyway, um and then did you know Zonderfan, um, which actually is owned by HarperCollins. HarperCollins publishes the Satanic Bible, and that's owned by Rupert Murdoch, which is actually a member of Rick Warren's church. I'm not making this stuff up. <laughs> Rick Rupert Murdoch, Rupert Murdoch, who owns HarperCollins, which produces the Satanic Bible and all kind of gay, lesbian, how-to manuals, HarperCollins actually owns Zondervan. Zondervan's who put out the NIV, which has about 64,000 less words than the KJV, almost 10% of the total text. And I could go on and on and on. And again, i give you a link to that teaching. And then the next teaching, Rick Warren and Rupert Murdoch, good buddies, and Saddleback's most infamous member. So... Rupert Murdoch, again, is, oh, owns HarperCollins, which owns Zondervan, and he's a member of Rick Warren's church. One of the most wicked men on the planet, Rupert Murdoch, who produces pornography and basically a corporate media mogul, and they basically call him the Great Satan. You know, no red flags. Anyway, so go for, going further, um, again... It, this ends by saying you could get information on any of these organizations using our search engine on both our blog and our research site. So I go up to Lighthouse Trails if I'm looking for something regarding the emerging church. And I'll do a keyword search in their search box. And a lot of times it's very useful in um, finding that information. Okay, so let's go and proceed. And I believe this might be the last article. Yes, it is. Um, the last article, and it's the New Muslim Friendly Bible. Have you heard about this, the New Muslim Friendly Bible? Yanks out the words, Father and Jesus as the Son of God. It's the Islam-sensitive project, which is igniting some controversy. And there's also an online petition against it. So this is a study kind of on Krizlam, which is the melding of Christianity, apostate, lukewarm Christianity, I should be more specific, and Islam, two totally incompatible, diametrically opposed concepts and, and, I guess, religions, if you will, and let's meld them together so that we can usher in the coming one world religion just as the Bible predicted. So, this is by Joel Richardson. In the world of questionable and sometimes downright blasphemous Bible translations, one would think that it couldn't get any worse. After all, we've seen the, now, listen, I'm going to say this, and I don't even like to say this, but I'm going to say this just because I think it needs to be known. There's a Bible version called the Ebonics Bible that starts out by saying, in the beginning, Big Daddy created the heaven and the earth. I'm quoting from this blasphemous Bible. that's all I'm going to say. It says that. That's the Ebonics Bible. Okay, as well as the Apostles' Log, the Star Trek English paraphrase Bible. I'm not making this stuff up! There's a Star Trek Bible? Oh my word, I mean, just there's no fear of God at all. Uh, in a more serious effort, the new Oxford Annotated Bible was created in part by pro-gay and feminist scholars in order to set forth a more gay, revisionist interpretation of Scripture. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure they would just love to get in there and hack the Bible up. They're they're using a corrupt text to begin with because none of them are deriving their their actual um, text from the actual Textus Receptus or the Hebrew Masoretic text, the true underlying words of the King James Bible. No, 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 no. They're using they're using all of their other Catholic derivatives and things of this nature that have already been corrupted. So corruption breeds more corruption, breeds more corruption, is how it goes. But now there's a major controversy developing as the latest altered Bibles are being, are, are being created by organizations that most would think of as being more conservative and reasonable. But again, all of these organizations, all of them are pretty much apostate. Christian organizations nowadays, the mainstream Christian organizations. Most all of them are all apostate to one degree or another. And they're only going to get worse. It's not going to get better. According to the Bible, it's going to get worse. So we should be expecting this to happen. Not praying for it to happen, praying against it, but at the same time, the Bible is very clear on this. You know, that there is going to be a strong delusion that God will set and there will be a great falling away. Just read Second Thessalonians chapter 2. So, at the forefront of the controversy are the Wycliffe Bible translators, the Summer Institute of Linguistics, and Frontiers, all of which are producing Bible translations that remove or modify terms which they have deemed as offensive to Muslims. Oh, we've got to be secret friendly. Above all, you know, at all costs, we've just got to be secret friendly. So, and politically correct, too. Um, including in the controversial development, is the removal of any references to God as Father or to Jesus as Son or the Son of God. One such, ex- uh, one of such a change can be seen in an Arabic version of the Gospel of Matthew produced and promoted by Frontiers and SIL. It changes Matthew 28, 19 from this, which says, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, to this... Which says, cleanse them by water in the name of Allah, his Messiah, and his Holy Spirit. End of quote. See, that's not even, you couldn't even remotely call that a Bible anymore. That's that's some abomination from the pit of hell. Allah is the moon god. It is not the god of the Bible. He is the moon god. He is a fallen angel. Cleanse them by water in the name of Allah, his Messiah, and his Holy Spirit. Matthew twenty-eight, nineteen. that is blasphemy. But that's what they're doing. A large number of such Muslim-sensitive translations already are being published and well-circulated in several Muslim-majority nations such as Bangladesh, Indonesia, and Malaysia. So you get one of these Bibles and you're Islam, you ain't going to get saved. You're going to think you're right on track. That's the whole point of it. Who's behind this? Satan? You, well, no, it's this man. No, 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 no. Who's behind him? Who's pulling his strings? We battle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. That's where our battle is. Okay, so, yeah, it may be a man at the, at the head of the company, but who's guiding him? Who's pulling his chain? Satan? His fallen angels? His demons and devils? So, uh, in response to these translations, many within the evangelical missions movement, as well as many former Muslim converts and indigenous Christians from countries where these translations are being used, are indignant. Well, good, I'm glad there's some outrage over something now. After numerous appeals have been rejected, a petition has been launched to call for the end of these translations. I give you a link to that petition. More than 3,000 already have signed up. According to Turkish pastor Fikret Bosik. such new translations are, quote, an all-American idea with absolutely no respect for the sacredness of scripture or even of the growing Turkish church. Yeah, amen, brother. Hopefully saved. I mean, I'm, I'm, I hope he is. According to the testimony of one leader from a church in Bangladesh, one of the most problematic aspects of this development is that it gives fuel to the often heard Muslim claim that Christians are liars who change their Bibles in order to deceive Muslims. Well, they could kind of say that in a way because there's over there's hundreds of translations now, uh, and all based in this apostate foundational text of the revised version of 1881 which is just from two Catholic, corrupt Catholic manuscripts so corrupt that they they contradicted each other in so many places that the translators, Westcott and Hort were, who were also two high level occultists, finally said, well, wherever the Sinaiticus uh, contradicts the Vaticanus, we'll just choose the Vaticanus <laughs> what a scholarly rule of thumb that was but that's what they did that's how we got the revised version of 1881, which spawned all these new new world order, <laughs> false New Age translations that, that are just getting worse and worse and worse and worse and more and more. Lukewarm and watered down. This is why I only point people to the King James Bible in, in the English-speaking language. And if you want to know more about other Bibles and other languages, contact uh, Bible for Today with Dr. D.A. D. A. Waite, because he can give you the... Um, Bibles in other languages that were translated from the correct underlying Hebrew, Greek, and Aramaic. The Textus Receptus in the Greek and Aramaic, and then also the Hebrew Masoretic text for the Old Testament, Hebrew. Okay? You want your Bible translated from them if it's in another language. Okay? Or directly from the King James Bible. Okay, now I'm not saying I'm an expert in that particular subject, but Dr. D.A. Waite's been doing this for literally over 60 years. I'm not exaggerating. I mean over 60 years. He's been doing this since the 40s. Okay, so again, it's Dr. Dr. D.A. Waite, Pastor D.A. Waite, Bible for Today. I think it's Biblefortoday.org. Anyway, he's been on my email list for a long time. He's one of the only pastors that has ever stuck with me, I guess you could kind of say. I've offended everyone else, pretty much. You know, or just because of what I say. You know, I, I, he's a man of honor. I, I mean, I, I've, I've always just had a great rapport with him, and he's a very mature person. And um, again... I think that he's one of the world's foremost experts on that subject. If anybody's gonna, if you want to know a question about anything more in depth on the KJV issue, um, or the underlying Greek, Hebrew, or Aramaic, he is the guy to go to. Way, way more than me. Okay? Because we, you know, I'm kinda like the jack of all trades, master of none, regarding a lot of Christian stuff, because I mean I try to cover a gigantically broad swath of of subjects, and you cannot be the be all end all expert in everything. So I try when I can to delegate to different ministries that specialize in a certain area. The problem I run into is so many ministries have become or are are or are apostate that it becomes harder and harder for me to make referrals. So, anyway, I just wanted to throw that in. So, let's go further here. Uh, Let's see here. Um, Okay. So, when they're they're changing these Bibles, it gives fuel to the often heard Muslim claim that Christians are liars who change their Bibles to deceive Muslims. And, And, honestly, the Muslims could point to, what about these hundreds of translations? Are they all the right? Which one's the word of God? You know, they would have a lot of ammunition to say that. You know, once a Bible translation is well established within any country, the introduction of such a radically different translation reinforces the Muslim's charge and undermines the trust in the Christian community. Again, like the Bible verse we just talked about, because of these people, the way of truth is is evil spoken of now. It's like you're giving Christianity a black eye because of your double-mindedness. The Bible says a double-minded man is unstable in all their ways. Well, the most double-minded things now in the Christian community are the Bible's. Well, what's the total motivation behind all of these new translations? Money, of course. The love of money is the root of all evil. Why? Because every time they make a new translation, they can they have to copyright it. And there has to be a certain amount of changes within that Bible in order for them to receive the copyright. So it has to be changed to a certain the certain percentage of the words have to be changed in order for them to have a copyright. To get a copyright, they can make a new Bible. They introduce it and they make more money. The King James Bible is the only Bible, other than in England, that does not have a copyright on it. You can print it, and that's why when you go into a dollar store here, you can get a King James Bible many times for a dollar. Why? They don't have to pay any copyright fees. Maybe God worked it out that way, so the true word of God would be available to just about everyone. At least it is in America, and I wish to say that was the case in other countries. We have been blessed in America, no doubt way more blessed than we really deserve, and I'd be the first one to admit it, particularly when I have to report on all this stuff that I report on every week, and most of it's taking place in America, so I'd be the first one to point a finger at America, okay, so I'm not saying, you know, whatever, so let's go further here, Uh, let's see here. According to Lingell, who can be contacted and that gives his email address, if you want to contact him, and gives you his email address, the crisis in translation methodology is largely due to a, quote, postmodern literary bias that has crept into some translation circles in recent decades. Such translations would seem to demand that the divine author of the Bible change rather than the Muslim reader. So we don't want to offend the Muslims. We've got to change the Bible. No, that's not the way it works. But God says... I am God, uh, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh, you know, and I changeth not. So if he changes not, then his word changes not. Okay? The Bible says, forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. It's settled in heaven. Okay? So, it's not like there's 300 versions up there in heaven, and every time another version comes out, God creates another, you know, in heaven. It doesn't work that way. His word is settled in heaven. So again, you know, it's a very, very important issue. Uh, let's go further here. Uh. But Jesus demanded that his listeners change, says Lingle, explaining that instead of demanding that Muslims' readers change their understanding of God, these translations seem to convey that God must accommodate the religious prejudices of the Muslims. I mean, what an insane concept that is. Uh, Lingle is also the co-author of a new book entitled Krizlam, How Missionaries Are Promoting an an Islamized Gospel which represents the first major response against the Muslim-sensitive translations, as well as the larger movement, often referred to as the Insider Movement, or Krizlam. According to a recent Forbes uh, Forbes 200 Largest Charities report, the Orlando-based Wycliffe Bible Translators USA is the third most well-funded religious charity in the United States. I guarantee you there's all kind of satanic money behind this. All kind of. Listen, the people at the top of all these major religious institutions, most of them are Satanists. Most of them are either Satanists or Luciferians, and Satan put them there for that very reason so that they could do the most damage from the top down. A lot of the people working at the lower levels have no clue. Most of them have no clue. Maybe they're decent people, okay? and I'm sure many times they are, but they have no clue that if the head is corrupt, the whole body is going to be sick. And this is what's going on with almost all the major ministries in America. I'm I'm not saying everyone. I'm saying the majority, though, by far. Fritz Springmeier, I believe, wrote a whole book on that called uh, Be Wise as Serpents. And if you go up on the Internet, you can find the PDF of that. It's like five or 600 pages, I think. Um, I've never read it because I don't have time anymore to, to read books like that. I wish I did. When I have time to read, I read the Bible. Okay, which is what I point people to. And I'm not saying you got to do that. I'm saying that he made a whole book way before he ever wrote Bloodlines of the Illuminati that went about and showed all the corruption at the highest levels of these ministries. Of um, I think a lot of them were outright cults too, maybe Mormonism and Jehovah Witness and stuff like that. Well, I've, done, I've done teachings on all of, all of those, Mormonism, Jehovah. Just any subject you think about, just search it in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com. Um would like to do one on Seventh day Adventist, but I just haven't had the time. But uh yeah, he wrote a whole book on that. And again, it's be wise as serpents. And you've just gotta understand the corruption is a satanic um movement, a luciferic, satanic, kabbalistic, whatever you want to call it, satanic movement to infiltrate and corrupt every faction of anything having to do with Christianity. Because we're, for, we're ambassadors for Christ on this earth. We're kings and priests. We're seated in heavenly places, places with Jesus Christ, according to the word of God. So what he's wanting to do is to destroy and to undermine any Christians or any Christians that would be involved in these organizations and make them powerless in their ministries and deceive and delude them so that they're not even aware that maybe they're working with or for an evil organization. Again, my children are destroyed for lack of knowledge. If it were possible, they, these false teachers, these false prophets, these antichrists, these wolves in sheep's clothing, these hirelings in the pulpit that have no true love of the sheep, these ministers of Satan that appear as ministers of righteousness, they shall deceive the very elect. And he's done an, am- an amazing job at it. And I don't mean to you know give Satan accolades, I'm just saying he has. He's really pulled the wool over most people's eyes from a global standpoint. <clears throat> so, going further here, this is the third most well-funded religious charity in the United States, Wycliffe. And they just so happen to be the ones that are creating these seeker-friendly, Islam-sensitive Bibles that... You know, nobody is going to get saved out of it all, which is exactly Satan's plan, because ultimately he wants to get as many people into hell and ultimately into the lake of fire as he possibly can. He's purely motivated at this point by revenge and and just trying to strike back at God's creation because we are created in his image. So he's just trying to do anything he can do to get back at God. So going further... Proponents of the insider movement claim that this method of reaching Muslims is bearing great fruit. It's not bearing great fruit. It's rotten fruit. It's false converts. Opponents, however, point out that the so called converts within the insider movement r- remain hidden within the Muslim culture and continue to attend the mosque and pray like a Muslim and acknowledge that Muhammad is a prophet and the Quran is inspired and make the Muslim creedal confession known as the Shah hada okay whatever that is some now in other words they're just they're, they're doing they're practicing the brook cream lukewarm christianity religion in secret and at the same time they're Mr. Muslim doing exact same stuff they were before they're still on their way to hell but now they think wow now i got the advantage of whatever christianity and muslim you can't have it both ways it reminds me of people that practice voodoo And you go and you study that in Haiti, and you find out that 99% of the population practices voodoo, and that 90% of the population are also practicing Roman Catholics. (laughs) Why? Because Roman Catholicism is so incredibly compatible with voodoo! Why? Because they have all their little statues and their iconography and all of their little witchcraft sacramental ceremonies just like the Catholics have, and they can just incorporate it and amalgamate it right into their own voodoo ceremonies. It's the same deal. It's what they're doing here. So, uh, going further, some now claim that there are as many as 300,000 to 1.2 million new, quote, insider believers, meaning these are the ones that got converted from this in Bangladesh, but one former insider who left the movement and speaks out in Lingle's Krizlam book reports that the number of the insiders could not be more than 10,000. According to this source, many of the claims are greatly exaggerated so as to bring in more funding from wealthy American missionary organizations. Now that's a whole scam that I've never even hardly talked about, about a lot of these missionaries that are overseas are scamming the people. I remember I was in this independent fundamental Baptist church a long time ago, and they um, they gave a lot to missions. I mean, they really, 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 for that the size of that church, they gave more to missions than, it was a lot. It was like, I don't know how much per year, way over 100,000, 100,000, 200,000, 300,000 was so, like a year. And it wasn't like these people were like real rich and, you know, that type of stuff. And... I can remember the pastor telling me one time he went down to Suriname. And this stuff goes on all the time now, When I'm about to tell you, okay? Which is another reason that you really want to make sure whatever ground you're sowing into is good ground and fertile ground because there's a lot of scamming going on out there. You talk about no fear of God, okay? He gets down to Suriname. And they, um, they're... The one of the guys, in fact, he was a really, he was, I met him, a great guy. One of the guys in Suriname, and they were, and he recommended, um, <clears throat> this one missionary said, hey, let's go visit this one guy. He says, I have heard that he's not doing what he think what he says he's doing, as far as missionary work. He was What he was doing is sending these missionary letters home, saying, oh yeah, we got all these people saved, and we're doing this, and we're doing that. And they went, and they ended up, Just rolling up on this guy, and he was, he was in his house or whatever. And suffice it to say, they caught the guy red-handed. I mean, he was just lying. He wasn't, I don't think he was doing anything. He was just totally taking the money, scamming these people. He had no ministry at all. And they caught him red-handed. And this goes on a lot. And it's tough because you really don't know, you know, like, where your money's going a lot of times with some of these things. So I really try to verify in as much as humanly possible, you know, these types of things, because there's a lot of scamming going on. And anyway, it reminded me of that. It said that they the these numbers that they're saying were greatly exaggerated as to bring in more funding from wealthy American missionary organizations. So other former insiders have reported publicly that many insiders are really Muslims who will do whatever it takes for the jobs and the money they are offered by pro-IM these insider ministries to feed their families. Now remember, the Muslims in the Quran, it teaches that you can scam the infidels. You can get their money, you can lie to them, you can do whatever you want to them as long as you're you're, um, promoting Islam. And for them, it would be like stealing money from the infidels, which they view us as dogs anyway. And I'm talking about out of their own doctrine. So, What's the big deal? Hey, we, 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 we scam from the stupid infidels. We take their money. So, I can see that going on all day long, too. Further questioning the funding and support of the well-known Christian organizations of this movement, Lingo recounts, I have consulted with the leadership of the Southern Baptist Movement Convention. Now, I could do a whole teaching on them, on the corruption, in the Southern Baptists, the, 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 the absolute legions of Freemasons that occupy the pulpits and the deacons. And, I mean... Tch. Talk about not, not having to, uh, you're not supposed to bow the knee to bail and God, you know. And these pe- preachers up there, they're Freemasons, some of them 33rd degree, and they're preachers, and they're deacons. And they're, I mean, all, it's unbelievable. That church that I just described, they had a big church split right before I went, because the pastor finally bowed up and, and said, okay, you Freemasons, you're either going to have to renounce this, or you're going to have to get out, because we can't have this. You're, you're, you're into total idolatry. And he had a gigantic church split as a result of that. Uh, but that was a good thing. You know, you're not supposed to be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. And again, Southern Baptist, uh, huge, huge study you could do on that. But anyway, um, he said, I've consulted with the leadership of the Southern Baptist Convention on Missions and Evangelism among Muslims at various times, who stated that there are tens of thousands of Isa al-Mashish Jamaats, or Jesus congregants in northern Africa. But the members of these Jamaats call themselves Muslims. And do not believe in the Trinity, and believe Muhammad is a prophet of God. Are they Christians or Muslims? Well, obviously they're Muslims. Okay? Why talk about them in terms of missionary success? And that's what they're doing. These are unconverted, I mean, pagan Muslims and they're counting them as people that got saved. But just, you know, the scams continue. And over and over you see this stuff. So at the end of this, I give you my uh, five-part teaching on the King James Bible defined as the as God's preserved word. So it's a five-part teaching I did on that. You can click on those links. And um, I'm just about out of time, so I'm going to go ahead and that's the end of it. And uh, we'll go ahead and close this out in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this day and this time you've given us. Um, I just pray, Lord God, that you would forgive us for any and all sins we've committed, Lord, as we forgive those who have sinned against us, that the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart be acceptable and pleasing in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer, that you would cleanse us from presumptuous sins and secret faults, that they would not have dominion over us, that you would, um, Lord God, I do pray for the fear of God for all of us, Lord, because I don't think we could ever have enough of that, and for humility in the name of Jesus Christ. And that that fear would drive us closer to you, Lord, that you would use us as vessels of righteousness uh, in the days and times ahead that you would, um, Lord God, that you would preposition us even ahead of time for the dark times ahead that, that we would be in a position of strength and that we would be used as beacons of light and righteousness to a lost and dying world, particularly, Lord God, even ahead of time before things really get bad, before um, when the night cometh when no man can work, Lord. And I just pray that that, um, you would, uh, that your name would be glorified through us through the body of Christ, that you would bless, Lord God, the body of Christ, and the righteous ministries that are out there, the, the unborn babies, Lord God, the babies, the innocent, the children, the mothers, the fathers, the, in, in the body of Christ in particular, Lord, and that you would protect them, that your angels would encamp around about them, and that you would bless my listeners, Lord, and I do pray, God, you use them mightily for your glory. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.